The following production is part of the We Be Geeks podcast collective. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Pop Insider. The Pop Insider has all the latest in news, merch reviews, and other geeky goodness. Whether you're a wizard, a Sith Lord, or a superhero, fuel your fandom at thepopinsider.com. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Want to know more? Do not attempt to adjust your device. This is a stream freedom audio bulletin. It cannot be traced. It cannot be stopped. And it is the only free voice left in the Geek Revolution. Welcome to another episode of Weeby Geeks. It is the Dashing Duo, Derek and myself, Mike. And joining us is writer, actor, comedian, um, a classic in a good way, and that is Steve Bluestein. How's everyone doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing great. I'm in, out here in California. I uh, It's like 106 here today. Okay. Uh, About the same here in Florida with the heat index. <laughs> Yeah, we have no humidity. Oh, I'd rather have a dry heat than a wet heat. Right, mm. exactly. exactly. We're, we're about to hit a heat wave starting tomorrow. Oh. Oh, it'll be plenty humid. I'm yeah, I'm sorry. Mm. Now, you were telling us before show, you have two books out, uh, Memoir of a Nobody, and I personally like the second title, Take My Prostate, Please. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your books. <laughs> Well, uh, I was uh, sitting home and and wasn't able to get. And I uh, and when he opened it, the garage door fell on my new car, and and it was not one of those Sears. It was a big, custom-made, heavy wood door. And at, just as that happened, the phone and it was Carol Prop who was. The talent producer. She produces the, the talent on the Tony Awards. Every and I was telling her what was going on at my house at that very minute, and she was laughing hysterically. And she said to me, "Steve, you have to put this in a book because nobody will believe what happens to you." And it was like, <laughs> it was like I suddenly went, "Yeah, what a great idea." So I started uh, documenting things that were going on in my life. And then I started talking about all the acts that I had worked with. Barry Manilow, Melissa Manchester, Donna, Kenny Loggins, uh, um, Frankie Valley, wow. Frankie Elon, Seals and Croft, all, you know, all these people that I've been on the road, Tower of Power. And I was started telling all the oh, wow. backstage stories. You know, and, and I just kept writing and writing. And then it sort of morphed into like talking about things in my childhood and friends that I had lost, you know, and my time in New York, uh, 600 page, which we split into two books. Uh, the, the first one's called uh, Memoir of a Nobody. The next one will be called Memoir of a Nobody 2, T-O-O. That'll be out sometime <laughs> next year. That's That'll awesome. That'll be out some, sometime next year. Uh, and so far, it's gotten rave reviews. It was the pick of uh, ABC television for their, you know, at the end of the year, their six best books of the years. And oh, wow. uh, we've Yeah, we've wow. got 80, 83 five-star reviews um, on... Uh, Amazon. Uh, the first week it was out, so I, I was very happy, you know, very pleased with the response. And it's still available on Amazon or Kindle or any of those books. And then um, the Take My Prostate, Please, uh, I am the lucky recipient of prostate cancer, and I uh, 
you know, I started going to doctors and making, you know, appointments and all these things kept happening to me, like happened, like happened when I started writing the other book. So I decided to write a book documenting what it was like going through prostate cancer from the very beginning, you know, from the very beginning, right to the end after the surgery and the recovery. And I did it with humor because that's how I write. I write funny. And I did it to help people who are going through this so that they wouldn't be scared. And it's that, that book just came out last month and it already has 22 five star reviews on it. So I've been very lucky oh, in wow. that area. Yeah. The, the second book sounds, it, it's not what I expected. And, and it sounds pretty awesome. I, I can't wait to, to try and find it and, and read it on Amazon. Well, it, it, it's very easy to find. You go to Amazon and uh, you put in the title, take my prostate, please. And it, the two pages or, or, or else, you know, I just opened my new website, which is stevebluestein.biz, B-I-Z. And there's a link oh, there awesome. to my books on the website. Okay. Um, any chance with the success of Memoir of Nobody that people have talked to you about the possibility of turning this into maybe a streaming show whether on netflix or hulu or somewhere else on the internet uh not we have had some talks with some people about turning it into a one-man show but you know a mm. theater piece but that would take me going to the theater every night and I don't want to. So I'm looking for an actor <laughs> who could play me and we'll we'll see if that happens. I'm I'm that also I'm writing a, a, I'm writing a fourth book called Point of Pines which is about my experiences growing up at the Point of Pines in the 50s and that already feels like a movie to me. So I've already been mm. in contact with some producers when I'm finished writing I'll I'll give it to them and see what happens. Okay. Now, Excellent. I because you mentioned your site, uh, stevebluestein.biz, I've gone to the site and noticed you have a podcast. You know, there is a podcast uh, on the site. Uh, I have moved out of Los Angeles now. I don't no longer. I used to live in Bel Air, but I've moved out and I live just outside of Palm Springs now. And uh, there aren't very many people to interview out here. You know, there's some uh, old old show business people. But uh, the old podcasts are still there, and they're they're pretty. And I think I think I've got Monica Piper. I'm doing this from memory. Monica Piper. Yep. A uh, Kathy Ladman. Yep. Uh, Bruce Baum. Uh, yes. Uh, and who else? Rich Schneider and Steve Rich, Middleman. Yes. Yeah, uh, right. So actually, Steve is out here now too, out in the desert. Oh, cool. Yeah. I really like the look of your site. You like the look of it? I do. It's a very nice looking site. Well, thank you. It was designed by a a, a, a woman in uh, Chicago uh, who owns a company called Digital Works, W-O-R-X-X. And uh, her name is Marilyn Johnson. And she is just a, a fine. She's a fine. You know, I... I was I had a mudslide at my house in Bel Air, and it destroyed my office. Oh, Along wow. with when it destroyed my office, it took out every picture, every review, every uh, videotape, everything. It was like my entire career was wiped out. And, and Marilyn mm. called me up out of the blue one day, and she said, "Why don't you have a website?" And I explained it to her, and she said, "Okay, let me see what I can do." And this woman sat down, and she gathered all these clips from the internet every time and she would collect them until until she had enough to build the site and then after she had them she built the most gorgeous site she just said what color do you want i said it should be blue that's all i said and she took <laughs> it from there and it's it's it really is beautiful yes i have i have to say so myself it, it's it's a gorgeous website i really like it yeah and it it's got you can you can contact me there. You can talk yeah. contact my agents for, through there. Uh, I, I you know uh, actually uh, somebody wants me to come uh, to do a book club and you know read the the uh, the book in front of a book club, which should be interesting. But um, but did you see that 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 uh, first sketch of me that comes up on the website? It's like a cartoon almost. Yeah. Yeah. That was done by a prostate support group who found my book, 
did an article on it and it did an interview with me. And that was the that was the um, the uh, artwork that they used for the article. And I liked it so much. I asked them, can I put that on my website? And they said, sure, sure you can. Oh, so that's wonderful. Very grateful. I, yeah, very grateful. It's a beautiful piece. Now. You you were most well known for doing uh, writing on the Brady Bunch show. Yeah, I was one of the writers on the Brady Bunch Variety Hour, and uh, I had just signed with ICM, and they sent me up. They said we're sending you up for an interview, and I said, "What's it for?" And they said, "No, it doesn't matter. Just go up for the interview," <laughs> because they knew if they said to me, "It's the Brady Bunch," I would have said, "No, I don't want to do it." <laughs> <laughs> I went on the interview and they said, bring some videotapes. I brought some videotape and I met with Carl Kleinschmidt, who was the head writer, and Ronnie Graham, who was the actor who was in that uh, gasoline commercial. I'm dirt. I'm dirt. Uh, and I think that was back in the 70s. In any case, uh, that they, they liked my videotapes and they said to me, uh, do you know what show it is? And I said, no. And they said, it's the Brady Bunch Variety Hour. And just as he said that, a tiny little gnat flew in front of my face and I swiped at it. But I swiped at it like like the Three Stooges would go, <laughs> like that. And he said to me, you're hired. Because he thought I was making fun of the show. So I got... I got uh, I got the show. I, I wrote the pilot and uh, the eight episodes. It was the it was the best time in my life. I got to work with Bruce Valanche, who I'm still friends with to this day, uh, oh, yes. and, Terry, and Terry Hart, and uh, of course Florence Henderson and I had the same manager, so I was very close to Florence and uh, still close to some of the kids, uh, you know, who are on the show. And, you know, but I did a, a lot of writing. I wrote I wrote for Playboy. I wrote um, uh, I wrote uh, Totally Hidden Video. I wrote Candid Camera. Oh. Uh, I wrote wow. 13, 13 East, which was uh, a show on NBC and sitcom. Oh. I wrote um, what's the last one? The other one. Oh, A Year at the Top, which was a Norman Lear uh, series. You know, look, Norman had like one hit after another. Right. And then so they gave him they gave him this show as well. A Year at the Top, which, of course, was a big turd and was canceled after the first six. <laughs> wow. No, just my just my luck. But um, yeah, yeah I, I, I actually I actually enjoy writing more than I do performing because I can write. I can sit in my own house. I can write as long as I want or as short as I want. There's a lot of pressure when you're performing, and those five minutes before I go on stage are just the worst. You know, oh. I just. You yeah, know, I and I would do anything not to have to put myself through that. Okay. Uh, now, what was the story behind why y'all had to replace Eve Bloom uh, with Garden? Right. Well, we didn't re- we didn't replace her. Um, her management didn't want her to participate in another Brady Bunch show because she was too typecast, and she'd just come off that. Uh, movie of the week where she played a teenage hooker and they were trying to break her image they didn't want to they didn't want it to go back uh you know she they wanted to fall back into the brady bunch and that's why and uh there was no but i'll tell you one of the best things about the show was getting to until he passed away and um just a wonderful guy just he was he was always on, always on, and he was always so grateful for working. You know, uh, actors are always grateful for working. And we would write him a great scene, and what he would do was he would rip the, the page out of a phone book, and across the front of it, he'd write, We all thank you. He <laughs> was just a great guy. Like Just so you, the audience at home knows, there's a little lag between my last word and when the guys hear it. So that's what you're experiencing. Yeah, it's the internet and it's all the storms that are between here, East Coast and West Coast. 
tonight as we're recording. That that, that slows things down at times. Now, what were what were some of the crazy sh- shenanigans that happened while filming the show? Uh, I know Bruce told us a little bit um, about when when they filmed the Star Wars holiday special, and he he told some about um, when he did the Donnie and Marie show. Uh, but what type of what type of shenanigans did was there on the well, Brady Bunch? Now you have to remember this is go, goes back almost thirty years ago in the seventies, uh, or is it forty years ago now? In the seventies, uh, yeah. the entire the entire writing staff was stoned twenty four seven. Me not so much, but one, one day uh, one one of the writers was notorious uh, for having the best pot in on this on the lot. And so they gave him his own office away from everybody else so that he could smoke by himself. And uh, Carl asked me to go up to uh, Mike's office and work on a scene with him. So I did. And I wasn't up there 10 minutes and I was, you know, stones out of my mind already. So um, (laughs) while I'm there, the phone rings and it's my secretary. And she's telling me that they need me on the set. So I go down to the set and um, the director, Jack Lucas, uh, Jack Regas, says to says to me, Steve, look, Bobby's not here. Will you read his part? And the part uh, was with Milton Berle. I was working with Milton Berle. And the line was, Milton Berle says, hi, I'm Milton Berle. And the, the character is supposed to say, it's nice to meet you. I'm Bobby. And so Milton Berle, I was completely stoned out of my mind. Milton Berle said, hi. I said, hey. And he uh, he got his bus over to Carl, and I lifted up my sunglasses to show him my eyes, and he could see how red they were, and he fell off the chair onto the ground laughing because he knew I had been up with Mike, and I was completely stoned out of my mind. <laughs> you know, I, on that show, we, we got to work with a lot of people. We got uh, Farrah Fawcett and Lee Majors and... Uh, uh, Tony Randall and Tina Turner and I had I had done a pilot a co-starred in a pilot with Tina so we knew each other so that, and um, the pilot never saw um, and, and who else was on the show that Tony Randall and mm. um, uh, you know it's, it's so many years ago but it was it was really really a great time in my life now I, I want to ask, because I'm a big fan of Sid and Marty Croft. What was it like working with yeah. those guys? Well, <laughs> so <laughs> Marty was the businessman, and Sid was a creative one, you know. And I think Sid was more stoned than we were. But um, <laughs> they were they were interesting, you know. They had all, they had all the Muppets, and I got to meet Witchy Poo. And, uh, yeah, I, I think she's retired living in Florida now, but I got to meet her and, uh, yeah, they were crazy. They were, I mean, like with the, the Brady Bunch had a swimming pool and we had swimmers. So the whole, I, we almost drowned one of the swimmers once at one of the tapings. She got cotton cables and couldn't get up. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, that would really have been a bummer. But um, uh, uh, Sid thought it would be great if we took helium balloons and held them at the bottom of the pool and then let them go and they would fly to the top and then they'd fly up into the air, you know. But what happened was they, they flew, they floated to the top and just sat there. <laughs> <laughs> They didn't move. <laughs> but I mean, it was shit like that that we were doing that was going wrong all the time. Um, yeah. yeah. That's great. Next. Next. You're up, Derek. Do you have another, do you have another question? We do. Well, go for keep it, Derek. it to yourself. <laughs> well, so I too was a big fan of the Sid and Marty Croft stuff, and I just wanted to know. What 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 was it? What was what it was like being around those those cones of the creatures and everything? It always well, fascinated me as a kid. Well, you know, um, when you're working on a show, the creatures and the sets and all that stuff, 
is just part of the show. You know, it's just like mm. if I walked into, if I was in an office and I had a desk and a chair. So I never really paid any mention, uh, any attention to it. I only would pay attention if it had to do with the script. You know, if they needed something specific for the script. Like uh, one time, uh, you know, Rip used to do lots of props. You know, hello, and ring the confetti. But uh, uh, came, right. came up to me once and uh, he said, I need some props. You got to get me props. I said, okay, okay. So I had the prop guy take a big foot and shove uh, a missile through it, right through the foot. And I showed it to him. He said, what's that? I went, mistletoe, hello. (laughs) (laughs) He laughed. And and that got on the show. But the the greatest thing about the Brady Bunch variety that Bruce and I laugh about all the time is that it was rated the fourth worst television show in the history of television. I said to him, we couldn't even get second worst. We had to get fourth worst. (laughs) You know, not even like third runner up. We got fourth. Uh, But yeah, it's popping up all over the place in YouTube clips left and right now. I know. And you know what's funny is that uh, I was asked to speak at like a Brady Bunch convention or something. So they, they then they played one of the sketches and I turned to the audience and said, I'm so sorry. I'm so very sorry. <laughs> wow. <laughs> speaking of speaking in the show and, and different sketches, did you have a favorite episode or a favorite sketch? Well, I, I think on my website that I'm in a sketch. Yes, the Brady Bunch uh, variety, of the Columbus, the Columbus Bunch sketch, and I play uh, I play a slave or something. It's it's so ridiculous. It, it is so ridiculous. I can't even believe. It. Yeah, but that's on my website. Okay. Now, speaking of, you said you you were acting in a sketch. You also were an actor in one of my favorite ADB films. That's They Call Me Bruce. Oh, my God. Oh, you yeah. Know, you know, Johnny Yoon was the friend of mine. And, you know, because we were all comedians and we were all working the same circuit, seeing the same clubs every night. And so Johnny called me up and he said, Steve, do you want to be in my movie? And I said, sure, you know, when? And he told me the day I showed up, I hadn't seen the script. I didn't read the whole script. I only read the pages I was on. I shot it and left. I got paid. And I never, never even gave it another thought. And now it's like a cult fa- favorite. Yeah. They call it. <laughs> also, also, I was in Rabbit Test with Joan Rivers. I, I was going to get to that next after we talked about they made. They call me Bruce. Yeah, I, I've been in every turkey that's ever been produced. I, I, I'm like the Thanksgiving. <laughs> I'm the Thanksgiving of comedians. <laughs> that means people come back to you year after year after year. That's a good thing. Uh, oh, God. There you are. The glass half full. <laughs> <laughs> Does that also mean plenty of leftovers, too? <gasps> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you brought up rabbit test how how did that happen uh joan i had one of the biggest managers in show business at the time he had share joan uh ava mark uh, 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 uh anthony newley and uh, casey and the sunshine band and me and oh. so w- when the movie came out i said to i said to billy uh, can I get an audition? He said, of course you can. And I went in, I got the audition, I got the part. Okay. And of course, Joan, Joan said to me, uh, she said, uh, I said, should I get my nose fixed? And she said, absolutely, get it fixed. As fast as you know, so I did. <laughs> I got it fixed. She even gave me, she even gave me the doctor. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Oh. I, I'm surprised, but I'm not shocked. <laughs> Yeah, really. Um, um, now you meant, you mentioned Anthony Newley. I haven't heard that name uh, in a long time uh, because I had well, because he's because he's been dead a long time. Well, I had a coworker of mine who I guess was good friends with Anthony and does a big. I don't know if he still does, but he used to do a big charity event uh, in Anthony's name every year. It was a guy by the name of uh, Edwin Meyer. Edmund Meyer. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. 
But uh, I, I was working in Las Vegas at the MGM, opening for Donna Summer, and Barry, uh, not Barry, uh, Anthony was down the street uh, at one of the other casinos. And so after my show, we went over to see Anthony's show, and then I went backstage and met him in his dressing room and he was wearing a velour bathrobe with matching velour pants all right <laughs> and i just thought that is the classiest thing i have ever saw and then one day i was out at j crew and there it was only in plaid and i said i'm buying it i don't care uh. how much that is and i live in that uh, to this day i live it <laughs> That sounds great. That's yeah, awesome. It really is. It really is. Um, now, I'm seeing you did work. I'm assuming this is for the cartoon Dumb and Dumber. Yeah, I worked. Uh, <clears throat> one of my best friends is Bennett Yellen, who wrote Dumb and Dumber with the with the Farleys. And when when Hanna Barbera, uh, 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 I can't think of the word, when they got the show to television as a cartoon. I uh, I was hired to write an episode, and I would have to say, of all the things I've ever written on television, it was the most miserable experience I ever spent in my life. Ah, oh. they they just they just treated me like shit. Really? Yeah. Wow. Now was that just the is that just the people involved in the show, or is that Hanna Barbera corporate themselves? No, I think it was. Uh, the people who were running the show, what? they were just, you know, yeah. But, you know, I, I've been very lucky. I've met some really wonderful people working uh, and, and, a, and a few turds. And that was a turd. Well, you, you mentioned you did some writing for, for Playboy. Right. As, as guys, what was it like meeting Hugh Hefner and, oh, and knowing what? What he had brought to the world. Well, we had to meet with Hugh with with Hef, as he likes to be like to be called, uh, because we were writing a TV special, Playboy's Playmate Party of the Year, and, and so we, we showed up in the morning and we had a meeting with Hef, and he laid out the show the way he thought it should be. All right, so the three of us, there were three writers, uh, we, we went back. They they gave us an fully staffed with with uh, secretaries and paper and anything food whatever we wanted and we wrote all day and then we got a message that half wanted to see us at nine o'clock that night so we stayed around the mansion because we had finished the script about six and we stayed around the mansion and Hefner comes in and he says, yeah, guys, I read the script. You know, I have a whole new idea for the show. And I said, a whole new idea. Yeah, you'll write it. You'll write it. The, the trucks were showing up at nine o'clock the next morning. It's now nine o'clock at night. So the, the, the three of us, the three of us run back to the to the office and we start rewriting of what we uh, we about four o'clock in the morning i just got punch drunk i just no matter what they said i was hysterical on the floor i was useless i couldn't do it around seven o'clock seven o'clock the trucks start rolling down we have no script the trucks are rolling in. we have no script so the head writer says to me see Go down to the set, find out what they're shooting first. So we, I run downstairs, and the director says, "Hey, Steve, you got a script for me?" I said, "Of course we do. We're just polishing it." Up. And uh, I said, "So what are you shooting next?" And he said, "Oh, we're going to do the hot tub scene." I said, "Okay, thanks." I run back to the office. They, they got to shoot the hot tub scene. So we sit down and we write a hot tub scene. <laughs> then we run it down to the set. We set, run it down to the set, and that's how we did the whole. Show the whole show like that, running chunks. And that, and I was supposed to do stand up on this show, and Jay Leno was also on the show, and I, it, it was, and I, you know, I was so flustered. Uh, I was working in a room up close, no lights. Uh, no microphone, uh, and I it just threw me. And so I went to the director and I said, look, I know we're running long. Cut my segment. He said, okay. 
So he cut my segment. I got paid for it. I got paid for it, and I got screen credit for it. But I never appeared on camera. Oh, wow. That works. Which I, which I was grateful for, to tell you the truth. Uh, so I want to know, um, I had one question going back to uh, to uh, Rip Taylor. Uh, is he, is he, was he always, did he ever, did he ever, no, well, I mean, no, like, was he always so, was he always on, or did he ever have, like, quiet moments, or? No, he was always on, and I think in the 40 years I've met him, I have never once seen him down, or, you know, or low, or or anxious. Wow. He's always, hello, how are you? Hello, Steve. <laughs> hello, the Blue Stein's here. The, the Richard Simmons of comedy. Well, I don't know. Uh, they, yeah. that, ener- that energizer rabbit that just never stops. I know, but he was always funny, you know? He was yeah, always... Yeah, he was. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you the one time he wasn't funny was he did a, a one-man show, and he got very serious very and he was he was a wonderful actor he was really a wonderful actor um I miss him. I really do. Yeah, he, yeah. he was. I, I used to really like him. Whenever whenever he was on something, I enjoyed watching him. Yeah, he was. You know, when, when he was he on. Was, when I remember him a lot from Sid and Marty Cross shows. He had done some stuff, and then when he was on Hollywood Squares, I'm like, okay, perfect and, replacement and he, for. For Paul Lind, and he was always uh, he was also on the Gong Show. That's right. Yes. Yeah, he was very very funny guy. Speaking of Gong Show, may, makes me think of this topic. Did you guys have issues of having or or did not issues? Did you guys try and play uh, circumvent the censors, sort of like they did on the Gong Show, uh, to get specific jokes that you wanted on the Brady Bunch show? Well, I mean, you got to remember, it's the Brady Bunch. There was nothing really dirty that we were going to write. We were writing, hi, honey, I'm home. So uh, it's not, there was never, ever, I don't think we ever had any of the censors ever say, uh, no, you can't say that. Mm. I had that, I had that happen on the Norman Lear show. Yeah, one of the characters was an old grandmother, and she was a feisty grandmother. Her name was Nedra Voltz, V-O-L-T-Z. She's since passed away. Um, and the, uh, someone was asking her, her, rushing her to get something, and the character was supposed to say, Oh, come on, don't get your water hot. And um, <laughs> Which is something my grandmother used to say all the time. And the census huh. came down and we, we can't say that. We, yeah. What water? Whose water is it? Where does it come from? Why is it hot? I went, oh, please. So we changed the joke. Oh. It's just easier to change the joke. Yeah, especially in a case like that. Yeah, really. So how did you two get together? Ooh, tables turned. <laughs> um, well, I've, I'm the owner of the show, and I had a situation where I had a co-host leaving. And uh, I put an open call out on social media, and Derek and one other person answered, and it took two people initially to replace the co-host leaving. And then, so the other person that came on with Derek ended up leaving, what, about two years ago? Three years ago? Yeah. And it's just yeah. been the two of us ever since, and, and we just, our our chemistry and our bond for this show just has has grown stronger, and we just have fun. Well, that's, you know, that's, that's half the, the battle, you know, if you find somebody, oh, yeah. you know, you know, who I, I'm like that with Kathy Ladman. Uh, do you know who Kathy is? Name sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds seen, really familiar. He does a lot of television and acting, and but Kathy and I are like, we're not like comedians when we're, we're like close friends. So when we're on the road, it's comfortable. I I don't, I don't have to worry about what I'm going to say. And oh, here's a funny story. So, Kathy and I were working in Las Vegas. We were working at uh, the Riviera, I think. Maybe the Riviera. And I have a very bad back. And so I was walking across my room and my back went out and I fell down and hit the floor and I couldn't move. And I was lying on the floor and the maid walks in and she sees me on the floor and she says, oh, sorry, I'll come back and closes the door. (laughs) (laughs) So I... 
I, I got the phone. I got the phone. I hooked it with my foot and dragged it down to, to the floor. And I called Kathy and I said, you got to go buy me a back brace. She said, what? Yeah, go to CVS. Get me the best back brace you can find. And she did. She went out and got it. So, and that's, you know, that's why I love that's why I love going out with her, because you'd say that to some other comedian. They'd say, hey, crawl there yourself. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Derek, Derek and I have gotten along so well, we actually host another podcast with a third person, uh, and it was the show that we had Bruce on, uh, oh, talking yeah. about the Star Wars Holiday Special, and that was our that's our Star Wars podcast that we do. So Derek and I see each other twice a week. Oh, that's nice. It's nice. You should get an apartment together. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I don't my, know if I don't our th- wives would appreciate that, but or my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> so, in your career, what's been your most favorite memory that you that you cherish the most? Uh, well, I, I was opening for Donna Summer at the at the MGM in Las Vegas. And she was a spectacular, a spectacular performer, but she was also a, a spectacular human being. Uh, after the first show, you know, you do two shows a night. After the first show, she came into my dressing room, and this is at the height of her fame, at the disco fame. Oh, wow. At the very height. She came into my dressing room and she said, I just want to thank you for being on the show. We are so happy you're with us. No headliner oh. does that. No headliner. And she did it, and it yeah. meant the world. It meant the world to me. But when I think about a specific moment, uh, Donna was on stage. She was doing her act, and she was coming to the closing number. And there was a woman sitting on the ring with a child, and maybe seven, eight years old, right? And Donna's hit the last note, and the mother takes the child and pushes her up on the stage and pushes her toward Donna just as the show curtain is coming down. Oh, no. And that's not a light curtain. <laughs> the shoulder backs her up behind the curtain. The, the, yeah, and the curtain goes down, and I'm in the, and I'm in the, I happen to have been in the balcony. I, I like to watch the shows. And I just said to her, I cannot believe what a professional she is. I would have completely freaked out. You know, eh. well, you know, the night I opened, I opened for Barry Manilow in Vegas. I was, I had a routine in my act about natural childbirth, natural childbirth size. Guy, see, get a doctor. And in, and this was Barry's big opening, huge. Every television station, every newspaper in the country was, and I'm going, oh, God, not tonight. Please, not a heckler tonight. Steve, get get a doc, please, God, not tonight. I beg you. And all the time I'm talking, Steve, get a doctor. And I look down, and there's a woman having an epileptic fit right in front of me. So oh. I, I I stop my show. I say, can we bring up the house light? Is there a doctor in the house? Can we bring can we get a doctor up front? So the house light, the back doors open up. The firemen come in. The gurney, everybody in the gurney in. They get the girl, the girl on the door. The people look, get back in there. The lights down. The spotlight comes on. And I'm going, what the fuck do I do now? And uh, what I decided to do was, what I decided to do was just say, Ladies and gentlemen, I don't think comedy is appropriate tonight. Let's take a little break, and Mr. Manilow will be out after. after. Wow. And a huge, wow. huge applause, and a huge applause, and I left the stage and sat down and cried because I thought I had just blown the opportunity of a lifetime. But what actually yeah. had happened was that the press thought it was the classiest that they had ever seen an opening act do. And the next week, I was flown out with one of the um, reporters to the Mike Douglas show, and we uh, talked about the whole thing there. Oh, so wow. it turned out to be yeah, it turned to be out to be okay. That's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It turned out good. Where can people find you online? It's stevebluestein.biz and B-I-Z. And uh, I'm on Facebook and I'm on Twitter and I'm on Instagram. And uh, 
I used to say I'd friend anybody, but I I got a couple of really weird people friending me. So you have we have to have something in common before I'll friend you. Sorry, I I I was told to friend you. I, I didn't mean to be weird. Oh no, but I knew you, so I. <laughs> well, thank that's, you. That's just you in general, Mike. Uh, true. Yeah. True. My my daughter's tired of my dad jokes. I tell her it's in the contract. Thank thank you for joining us this week. It was a blast. Oh, listen, it was my pleasure, really. I'm glad I was able to get the Skype thing to work. But um, anytime you need me, just call me. And don't forget, people, it's Memoir of a Nobody. And and, uh, take my prostate, please. And they're both both available on Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, Nook, Kindle, uh, ebook, iBook, and for enough money, I'll come to the house and read it to you. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Good. There you go. Deal. All right, well, guys. Thanks so much. No problem. Thank you, Steve. Yeah, thank talk you. To you. Talk to you later. All right. Good night. Bye. I've got a great show for you to check out. The Pop Culture Show with Barnes, Leslie, and Cubby. These guys fly through all the latest pop culture news like TV, movies, gadgets, celebrity news, and more. Barnes is a pop culture junkie, musician, and TV-aholic. He's also an actor. He's in that new Steve Carell movie that just came out called Irresistible. He was also a recurring character in Prison Break on Fox. Leslie has an interesting background as she's a power exec at a cable TV network and is down into it every day with musicians, actors, personalities, and has her hand on the pulse of Hollywood gossip. Cubby is the morning show personality on one of New York City's top radio stations. This guy knows everyone and pulls in some really cool guests. These three have all known each other for over two decades, and it shows. Really tight shows, and you can tell they are all friends. I think that makes a difference when I'm listening to podcasts. It's obvious from their collection of guests that they are all connected. They get many celebrity guests that are tough to get for a podcast. Pretty solid collection of pop culture talk from all over the map. Huge variety, which makes each show unique. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. The Pop Culture Show. And welcome back to Weeby Geeks. Uh, that was a fun interview with Steve Bluestein. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. So, it was, again, it was very interesting. Thank him for coming on. But let's kind of wrap up the show with some uh, some stuff that's happened in the pop culture world. I feel like I should be playing the transition. Uh, yes. And, uh, do you want me to do a transition? Uh, uh, yeah, sure, why not? All right, then I'm going to do... I'll give you the choice. Back, meanwhile, mental, or pain? Pain. Meanwhile, in a small corner of the city, and the home of real bad pain... <laughs> There you go. <laughs> For a second, I thought you were just going to do the toilet flush. <laughs> Good. It went down. It went down clean. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note. Uh, this first story I'm going to talk about is not uh, toilet worthy. This is actually a really cool story that I'm very excited about. And uh, this is, according to Variety, uh, the comic book series Usagi Yojimbo, which I'm a very huge fan of. I am too. I've been a fan of. I've been a fan of that, that series since the '80s. I love it. Great, great stuff. Are you are you reading the current series? I am not. Oh, it's Wait, excellent. Who, who, it's, who has it right now? Is it, it is. Is it Dark Horse? No. No. It's either IDW or Image. Okay. Maybe it might be. It might be Image. Um, I can't remember offhand. But anyway, it's still it's it's just a continuation of the series of the same series, and it's just as good. Um. But anyway, if you if you like us are a fan of the Samurai Rabbit, which is what Usagi Yojimbo actually stands for. Um, <laughs> Netflix is teaming up with Gaunt on a new CGI animated series, which is going to be called Samurai Rabbit, the Usagi Chronicles. 
uh, it is based on the 35 year old 35 year old comic wow 35 years um it is based on the comic by stance it is not going to actually be about usagi yojimbo uh miyamato usagi as which is his real name um but instead the series is going to take place in the far future and it's going to follow the teenage rabbit samurai yuchi who is a descendant of miyamato usagi um so a little a little bull and not disappointment but eh, you know i would like to see an actual usagi Jimbo cartoon but this will still be cool i'm sure um, and this is going to follow Yuchi's epic quest to become a true samurai. Yuchi will lead a ragtag team of misfit heroes, uh, which includes a roguish bounty hunter, a cunning ninja, an acrobatic pickpocket, and a faithful pet lizard, of course. Because you can't have Usagi Ojimbo without a faithful pet lizard. Yep. And they're going to be battling <laughs> depth-charging metal-tipped winged bats <laughs> and monsters. And, you know, and then, you know, some monsters from another dimension. Any voice cast listed? There is no current voice cast listed here that I see. Gotcha. Oh, wait. No, oh, no. No, that's a producer's. Excuse me. Um, it will be produced by Stan Sakai. Um Along with Galman, Galmont, Nicholas Atlan, Terry Kalagian, Sidoni Dumas, and Christoph Riandi. Okay. It is dark. It also says Dark Horse Entertainment's Mike Richardson, Keith Goldberg, and Chris Tung. Chris Tung. <laughs> and Atomic Monsters, James Wan. I think this is on Dark Horse. I know it used to be. I'm not sure. Maybe the current series. This might be. I wish I had some of my issues handy. <laughs> anyway. Uh, let me look. Yeah, so there's no current Dark Horse, um, no current <laughs> cast list, uh, voice cast lists yet, and there's no release date yet. Uh, this is very exciting. I'm very excited about this. I am too. And it's going to be animated by Mumbai based 88 Pictures. Oh, wow. Which is interesting. I'm not familiar with them. But uh, uh, that should be very cool. Very, very cool. I'm very happy about that. Uh, Uh, Next up, while Mike is looking up who currently publishes Usagi. Um, From our friends over at Poppin, you may have heard of them. Um, this is actually pretty cool. There are some new Funko Pop exclusive figures coming that are going to be supporting breast cancer re- research. Oh, yes. So Funko is partner, the Breast Cancer Research Research Foundation. Why am I having trouble with that? The Breast Cancer Research Foundation One more to launch a collect. Breast Cancer Research Foundation. Faster, more intense. Oh, wait. I'm Breast Cancer Research Foundation. I'm not George Lucas. <laughs> um, <laughs> to, uh, so they're releasing a set of DC Comics Funko Pops, which is pretty cool, in celebration of Breast Cancer Awareness Month, which is October. Uh, so there's going to be four figures in the collection. A Wonder Woman, a Harley Quinn, a Batman, and a Superman. And each one is, of course, all pink in color for breast cancer awareness. So I've always a uh, pink Batman, so there you go. <laughs> no, but seriously, they, they look pretty good. Um, and it's for a good cause, so it's pretty cool. Um, the display boxes will also be bright, bright pink and feature the breast cancer research station. And in conjunction with this collection, Funko made a $25,000 donation, the Breast Cancer Research Foundation, to aid in its mission to prevent and cure breast cancer. I'm just so going figures... to say it's your fault for picking the tongue twister story. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was a cool story. I didn't realize I had much trouble with it. So all four <laughs> figures are currently available for pre-order from Amazon and Entertainment Earth and several other sites for 
$9.99 each, and they are expected to ship in September. So there you go. Get some cool Funko exclusive and uh, help out a worthy cause while you're at it. What could be better than that? Usagi is Dark Horse. Ah, okay. I changed publishers, but I see you not. Very good, very good. All right. I'm still double-checking. I see it on my. I see it listed on Dark Horse's digital site as series. Um, but is I'm, that the is that the old one or the current one? I don't know. So I'm now going to Wiki- <laughs> now I'm going to Wikipedia. <laughs> as if we could trust that. <laughs> I was going to say, what are you going to Wikipedia for? I don't think they're going to have it. <laughs> uh. So who and has it now? Has it now? Uh, IDW is now publishing. Yes, that's what I thought. As of February of last year. Yes, and they have they're publishing it in color now, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. All right, now moving on to our next story, also from the Pop Inside. Um, Hasbro Gaming is releasing a new set of Monopoly and Jenga games. And these will have a Super Mario Brothers theme to celebrate its 35th anniversary. Again, 35 years. Did you see? These did stories you, are making me feel old. Did you see Lego and Nintendo are doing that limited edition uh, NES? Yes. Oh. Yes. I I didn't see a price on it, but I'm sure it's going to be uh, hefty. I'll get you a price. So, uh, to celebrate the 35th anniversary of Super Mario Brothers, these games are going to be released at most major retailers on August 1st. And um, they're pretty cool. Of course, the Monopoly Super Mario Celebration Edition will have six tokens based on classic items like turtle shells, mushrooms, etc. And instead of money, you get gold coins. Yes. And the cities on the board are named after iconic places from the game dating back to 1985. And there is also a question block with sound effects that can change a player's luck. Oh, wow. And print and print peaches castles replace hotels. This sounds awesome. And there is a picture of it on Pop Insider and it looks pretty cool as well. Uh, but also cool is the Super Mario Brothers Jenga that they're releasing, which is uh, to let you race up the tower as Princess Peach, Toad, Luigi, or Mario. And as you as you play the game, you'll collect coins, stack pieces, and steal from other players, just like the classic Jenga. And if the tower falls, then you're the loser. But in a new twist, you'll get to spin a wheel to find out what you can actually. And it's cool because the tower, it has a nice uh, giant Bowser on it and a little little figures of, of the characters going up. These look really fun. Yeah. Well, I found the Lego NES set. This is cool. With authentic reproductions of the original console, a game pack cartridge, and a retro-style mm. 80s TV with the new wow. LEGO Nintendo Entertainment System gives fans of Super Mario Brothers a, re- a way to recapture childhood magic. Sure. Uh, this is 2,646 pieces. Um, oh, pieces. <laughs> That means it's going to be up there. So with it, recreate the experience, insert the buildable game pack cartridge into the console, (laughs) you build the controller, (laughs) get your thumbs ready, plug and tap the buttons on the real life, on the life-size controller, turn the handle on the TV to move 8-bit Mario across the screen. So you build the background for it. Um, Bring the game to life. Get the interactive figure when you purchase the Lego Super Mario starter course and place them on the TV, on top of the TV to watch them react to the on-screen enemies, obstacles, and power-ups, all while the original game's theme tune is playing. Hmm. And this Lego Nintendo Entertainment System can be yours for $229.99. That. Actually, not as bad as I was thinking. Although, 
that's probably close to what an original <laughs> Nintendo cost when it came out in the store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I just think it's cool that um, you you can turn the screen and, it, and it's got this, the game itself is on a background. Mm, yeah, where it it's like on like a a tread type thing. I think that's cool. Yeah, that is cool. I like that. So I'm assuming that's all the stories you got, or you have one more? Nope. But wait, there's more. One more story. Oh, again from the Pop Insider. What are you gonna say? Is this me? No, I just thought uh, you were gonna say something. No. Okay. Um. <laughs> so. <laughs> So the company Casetify um, does cases for phones and watches and stuff like that. They have a new collection coming out of a new collection of accessories, and uh, it's all inspired by NASA. Ooh. That's right. Yes. Um, so there's new NASA-inspired phones, Apple Watch bands, laptop covers, and more. And they are coming out on July 30th. Uh, but you can want if you can't wait that long, you can sign for a wait list now to be reminded of when they're coming out. Or you can just mark your calendar like we did in the old days. It's, um, so the designs in the collection were inspired by the look of astronauts, access badges, mission assignments and blueprints of a NASA space. And they're pretty, uh, pretty nifty looking. Yeah, they are. Mm. Now, this next sentence does not mean anything to me, but hopefully it will mean something to some of our listeners. Uh, fans of Casetify will notice that the collection features the meat motif and return of the worm logo on signature okay. designs. Yeah. I understand what they're talking about. Okay. Good. Oh, wait. You're saying it will also the meatball is the name of the circle logo with the little uh, okay. with the vector in it. The the okay. newer logo. Um, have you watched the other space yet? I have not yet. No. Okay. They use the they use the worm logo. They use the the NASA worm word mark worm font in for the space agency in their show uh that's what the, uh, that's what the the more modern looking nasa is where there's no lines in the cross lines in the a's that's called the uh, worm okay. and there's actually uh if you remember when spacex launched um the the two astronauts into space successfully i shall say uh which that was that was a blast mm -hmm. to watch um especially with zoe because she you know she's into that and we really made sure and then the next day we were up to watch the docking with the space station uh they had displayed where they were there's been some pitch of making of introducing as a newer logo it's called the worm ball so they used the worm logo in you use that word font nicknamed the worm that word mark in the meatball instead of the the more traditional style you know serif style font that's in the the current you know the main nasa logo they talked right. about combining taking the meatball and modernizing it with the new nasa which that looked awesome as well hmm. so that is a tea meatball it is <laughs> but no sorry I've always been big into the space program. Uh, Zoe wants to go into the space program when she gets older. You know, she wants to go uh, be part of mission control or uh, something along those lines. Um, so she she's really into into that type of thing. Um, so and that is exactly why I chose to include this story when I saw it on Pop Insider. I thought, oh, I know Mike will like yeah. this one. I want to go back to Kennedy Space Center. So, yeah. so does Zoe. Zoe loves it out there. I went there many, many, many years ago when I went on a trip to Florida with my family. Oof, many, yeah. uh, like, we're talking like 30 years ago, maybe. We we Would went out. To go again. We were out there two years ago when they did, uh, it was during the time of the um, government shutdown. So we couldn't go do the mm. the bus tours. But we did have lunch. With, I, I think we talked about this before. We had lunch with an astronaut. Oh my god! So much oh fun. yeah, right. that was so much right. fun. And so we got to ask a question. So she she That's was cool. excited. Oh, please tell me that these are not just for iPhone 11s. Really? Oh, really? 
Well, that's not cool. No, it's not. I, I could see Zoe wanting one of these cases, but I'm not paying twelve hundred bucks for or fifteen hundred bucks for <laughs> for an iPhone eleven. Mm. But I, I could see her get wanting to get the case that looks like the Explorer badge. That sucks. Yeah, and then and they're not even they're not even showing all the all the phones all the phone cases. Mm. There, there's like eight available. Yet you look at the promo picture and there's so many more. Yeah, I know. I think it's the article mentioned at least sixteen. I believe. Yeah, there's only only eight, and they're all for the eleven. No, come on, uh, come on. They should be available for all the all the But I am signing up. <laughs> So now I take it. It's my turn. Yep. Back to you. Back to me. Well, we are record. We always record on Fridays or 99% of the time we record on Fridays. There are, there are times we don't. Um, but Hasbro did on July 17th, another fan first Friday. And the later of the two was uh, Transformers. Yeah. 14 new releases uh, leading the way, leading the charge. In the Transformers Generations War for Cybertron trilogy, which is coming to Netflix, I saw, is the yes. Quest- Quintesson Pit of Judgment 5-pack? Quintesson. Okay, what's it supposed to be? You're the Transformer it's, guy. It's Quintesson. That's what it is. Quintesson. Okay. Uh, Quintesson. Close enough. <laughs> said it with a Southern accent. Said it with a Southern accent. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, Along with it, they also, in this massive wave, new Transformers figures, including a deluxe Bumblebee. A, uh, you can find this on uh, comicbook.com under their gear section. Um, deluxe Alita 1, Deluxe Wheeljack, Deluxe Red Alert, Deluxe Impactor, Voyager Optimus Prime 3-pack, Voyager Soundwave 3-pack, Generations for Cybertron Series-inspired Leader Class Spoiler Pack, Deluxe Exhaust, Deluxe Hubcap, Deluxe Grease Pit, Earthrise Seeker 2-pack, Earthrise Earth Mode 2-pack, and of course the aforementioned Pit of Judgment 5-pack. Um, These are looking pretty cool. Mm. They really are. And for for the generations of war for Cybertron, I want to say a lot of these are are kind of a a newer paint. Yeah. Bumblebee is still a bug, but he uses the back half of his car as a shield. (laughs) It looks Mm. awesome. Uh, Yeah. Are you seeing it, or do I need to pull it up for you? No, I'm seeing it, yeah. Oh, that sound wave looks awesome. Sound wave always does. Uh, comes with Ravage and Laser Beak. Oh, oh, oh. Mm-hmm. yes! Wow, this, this this these are look pretty awesome. I'm not a big. I enjoyed the show. I was never a big collector of the of the toys or collectibles, but they, these are nice. Mm-hmm. Also, too, um, as soon as I can find my story again. Starting off the day was the latest edition of the G.I. Joe Fan First Friday. Uh, it all started with the new retro collection figures. Um, these are running about $12.99 each. Uh, they're going to be available exclusively at Walmart. Introduced first was Storm Shadow. Comes with 14 accessories. Nice. Um, a backpack that has... the. Uh, which has an arrow that you could pull out and add to the bow for him to, to draw. Nunchucks, bow staff, a fan, shuriken, throwing knives, both his swords, a bunch of other stuff. It's just phenomenal. And they come with the retro uh, stands for you to put the characters on. Remember, oh, remember cool. when Star Wars did that a while back? Yep. So even though that was not part of the original figures back in the 80s, it is something they've added to the figures for that retro vibe. Uh, of course, you can't have Storm Shadow without Snake Eyes. Snake Eyes looks great, but the pictures they took, and I'm getting these up on the web on Weeby Geeks. They should be up on the website as you're hearing this. Um, I wasn't happy with some of the photo poses they had them in for some of the promo shots. It's like, that doesn't look right. (laughs) Um, Also, too, the Baroness, and she comes with her with a big briefcase, which is really cool. 
Also coming is um, the Cobra Hiss vehicle, Hiss tank, with the Hiss driver. Awesome. Um, This is going to be selling for 25 bucks, which is not bad. Wow. That is cheap. At all. That is cheap. Considering some of the same type of vehicles for Star Wars go for 40 or 50 bucks. Also, too, introduced in the retro collection, the All Striker. And it comes with crank with a crankcase. Is it crankcase or crankshaft? Oh, awesome. It's crankcase, right? Crankcase, crank yeah. And the back armor plating comes off the engine, so you could make it look like he's repairing the engine. Mm-hmm. And then in the classified series, which is the 6-inch, Snake Supreme Cobra Commander action figure. It's going to be retailing for 30 bucks. Uh, the packaging for this is gorgeous. Uh, you can go check this out on HasbroPulse.com, and it will be available uh, September of 2020. Uh, see if this pops up. Exclusives. No. Brands. Yeah, Joe. Oh, they don't have it on here. Pictures are going to be up on the site. But he's got the, the snakeskin cape, snakeskin armor. I would almost, if I had the spare money to do, I would go after the, for sure, the three Cobra Commanders at this point. Mm. That would make a gorgeous display piece. It really would. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm liking that uh, the retro collection, I failed to mention, is the three and three quarter inch figures. So are the vehicles. That's awesome. They're designed for that. So they are reintroducing that along with the six inch. And and I'm glad to see they're doing both. Um, I kind of wish they would do the same thing with Star Wars again as well. Mm. You know, have a little bit more focus on the three and three quarter inch along with the uh, six inch. And oh, apparently there was a pre-order today and I think half of them sold out. There is a 332nd Ahsoka clone clone trooper that was available. Uh, a Mandalorian loyalist. Oh yeah, the new Ahsoka, oh, and then the uh, Mandalorian Super Commando, all from that final arc, the Mandalore arc from Clone Wars. Those look pretty cool. Mm. So, uh, any final thoughts? Uh, um, j- just the one thought. I mean, I believe we mentioned it already on Wookie Radio, but um. Uh, still kind of sad about the passing of Grant Imahara. It's, yeah, uh, that was uh, that was a uh, pretty sad bit of news. Yeah, it, it, it is sad that he passed. Um, very quick. I guess it came out. Uh, it was a brain aneurysm that hit sudden. Uh, are you? Uh, did you know you put your thing on your Oops. voice modulation? <laughs> Oops! It was a brain aneurysm. Yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah, so, um, well, I got this final thought. I peed. You peed? Mm. I thought you pooped, too. The video's on my Facebook page. <laughs> I, I I shared it from Ellen, from Ellen Dubin. It, it's, a, it's a great video. This little kid just sitting there with his dad. They're doing potty training. And he's just going, I didn't poop. I peed. I'm like okay this is this is hilarious this is crazy so um i think that's gonna wrap it up for us yeah i guess so so um next week it's gonna be kind of special we're gonna be putting out two shows next week because uh we have a really special guest uh coming in uh kind of time sensitive that we're gonna be chatting with so we'll we'll be putting out two episodes oh yes so, um, so yeah, other than that, if you don't have anything else, I don't have anything else. There's only one thing left to be said. Want to know more? So, um, the bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production. You owe me for one jelly donut! <laughs>